What's up, guys? Welcome to the Fatherhood on the Field podcast. I am your host, Luke Sawyer, and I am super excited today to be joined by our first father-son duo um, on the podcast. So we got Chris and Josh Lane, and I'll let them introduce themselves here in a little bit. Um, But personally, I'll say I am really excited about this morning just because with both of you guys, Chris specifically in, in our relationship, I look up to you in so many ways as as a father seeing um, what you've done and intentionality you've had with your kids. And one of the reasons for that is because you've raised kids like Josh. Um, so I'm super excited to have you guys uh, here together. Chris, do you want to start us off and just introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about you, what you do, your family, all that. Yeah. Hey, Luke, thanks for uh, having us. And, um, great job here. So I'm Chris Lane. I grew up in uh, South Florida, went away to college in Alabama for a couple of years and then lived up there. And then uh, came, Lord called me back to be in uh, ministry down here, youth ministry. And uh, 23 years ago, we started a ministry called First Priority, do Christian clubs and public schools um, with a real focus on spreading the gospel and getting kids then connected to a local church. So my wife, Wendy, and I, we've been married uh, coming up on 29 years, and we got four boys, Josh, Jake, uh, Jonathan, and Josiah, ranging from age 17 to 24. It's awesome. And Josh, tell us a little bit about you, what you're doing now. And obviously we know you're the oldest of those four, but. Yeah. Thanks a bunch, Luke. It's fun to be on here. Fun to be on here with my dad and uh, actually just got married a few months ago to my amazing wife, Haley. And um, I also grew up in South Florida, went away to Indiana and got to play college baseball up there at a Christian school called Taylor university. And then uh, tried to pursue professional baseball and nothing came of it. Afterwards, the Lord called me back to South Florida started working at a church called Calvary Chapel and then recently moved into this role with First Priority of South Florida. That's awesome. And I hear from your parents, at least last time we were together, that I think they'd choose Haley over you at this point. Oh, definitely. Um, Most so- definitely. So I better not <laughs> yes. mess this up. <laughs> yes. I mean, hey, we finally got a daughter, man. Come on. <laughs> That's awesome. No, it's uh, and it's cool just from from my standpoint, having got to know, you know, all four of, of the kiddos to a certain extent. Um, you know, Chris, as we kind of launch into this, you know, there's there's some similarities in the fact that just I have four kids, you know, ranging from eight to one. You're years ahead of me in this fatherhood journey. Um, as you've approached, you know, Josh and down with with these kiddos and just ranging personalities and interests and other things, what what has it been like to engage four kids uh, differently as a dad? Yeah, well, first of all, you you started off before we came on the air, and you're like, man, I'm really tired today, uh, just because your couple of your kids were up all night, and and uh, <laughs> I mean, I think that that's you know, that's a reality, right? Like parenting and life and, you know, ministry and all, it's exhausting, right? Like, I mean, there's a lot going on. And when you have kids and, and it's not just your activities, it's theirs and they're, they have different interests. I mean, th- th- there's challenges, right? So you have to kind of be ready. I think there's a lot of preparation into parenting that, that a lot of times we don't do, or we don't, we don't think about, right? Like we, we prepare, like if, if it's a sport or an activity or a, a, some, one of my kids was in fine arts, right? He still is. I mean, play practice. One builds robotics, robotic practices, sports for other ones. There's preparation for everything we do. And I think a lot of times in parenting, we don't get prepared for, you know, what's ahead. It's just like, hey, here's your kid. And you leave the hospital like two days later or whatever. And you're like, what do we do now? And, uh, and then from that day, you're exhausted, right? And it's like, am I prepared? Am I doing this? And I think 
that's where like my relationship with Christ and my wife and I, Wendy, we have to be on the same page, leading our kids and bringing them up in the foundation of God's word. And, um, you know, and, and obviously there's a lot of great scripture, like, you know, Proverbs 22, six, right. Train up a child in the way she go. So when they're old, they will not depart from it. So you have to have, you have to be prepared to do that. It doesn't just happen. Like, Hey, these kids are just going to become spiritual via osmosis. It's like intentionality of spreading, spending time in the word together and having devotions and breaking open the Bible, um, at the dinner table before they go to school or on their way out reading a short devotion, praying in the car on the way to school, whatever it may be to be, to be constantly bringing God's word into their life. Hmm. So Josh, for you growing up in a house like that, what did that devotional spiritual life look like for you on the other side of it? Oh yeah. That that's, it's really cool to get to be here and, and be like his credibility source because I got to experience <laughs> all that. And it's really cool now actually being on the other side as well. And like, being married on my own and, and, you know, being on my own and, and getting to actually see him and kind of be a part of it with my younger brothers. Right. Like we, last night he sent me a tweet that was like university of North Alabama's baseball schedule, which is where my brother Jonathan is playing baseball now. And like, we're both like so excited and we're like, come on. And uh, we get excited about Josiah's robotics and I'm not saying I'm their dad, but I just, I feel like I get to see that in a whole new level now and get to have the eyes to see like, wow, like my dad loves me so much. He cares so deeply about me and my brothers. And uh, one of the really cool things that he did with us growing up was, you know, whenever we had dinner together as a family, a lot of times he would lead us in a devotion and we even had some other intentional things too. We had a thing called like a special plate. Whoever had the special plate, every person would go around and share something unique and special and a way that God has gifted that person. So it's really cool for me that I got to experience that as, as his son. And now I get to see it in a whole new way on the other side. That's awesome. Well, and it's really cool for me to see from the outside, you know, I desire for my kids to be close as they grow up. Right. I mean, they're so young right now, but I, you know, I hope that as they grow up, there's that unity in our family where they're going to continue to be close. And I think just, you know, Chris, when we were together at Olive Garden a, a couple months ago, you know, you're, you're getting FaceTimes while we're sitting there at the table and you're like, they're calling me. I don't know what they need. And then you pick up the phone and all four of, you know, the kids are sitting on FaceTime talking to each other at different places around the country. And, um, you know, that's what I desire for, for my kids and my family. So it's, it's really cool to see that from you guys who have, who have walked this journey before us. So yeah. I, I think this too, Luke, I think it's important for them to have fun. I mean, when they're growing up, I mean, like I can tell you a hundred stories, like I've know your kids too, uh, from being with them and then watching a lot of your stuff on social media, just how they, they like to have fun, right? Like, man, like they need to love each other and have fun. If, if it's a, militant lifestyle of oh, you got to do this. We got to do this. Now there's times where you have to be like that, right? Like sure. we got to be on schedule and we got to be on places and there's a real world with time and space limitations that we have to kind of live in, but, but they need to have fun, man. And that's one thing I loved about my kid. My love about my kids is they have fun, man, when they're together. And when, when they were old enough where Wendy and I could, you know, leave them alone or go out and they wouldn't have the grandparents or whatever babysit. I mean, they would tear this house up. You know what I mean? But then before we got back, they put it back together again. And then we wouldn't know for, for months or something later when they'd show us some crazy video that they made and they like, 
rearrange the whole house for the three hours we were out on a date night. We're like, what in the world? So, but I mean, they have to have fun and love each other and you have to create those opportunities of trust and letting them do that. And then that will carry on, right? That's why they love each other and they carry each other because they've got that bond and that experience together. Yeah, that's awesome. So for you then, um, you know, obviously two of the four uh, have either previously played college baseball or currently playing college baseball. Um, Chris, I don't know where your kind of natural affinity lies, but as a dad, you know, how, how does it, how has it looked to connect individually with those kids who have very different interests? Um, maybe yeah. interests that are different from what your, your natural interests would be. Yeah, that's a great question. And that is, that's a real, a reality, right? A real challenge at times to, to be careful, like, because, you know, I like to, you know, watch uh, football, you know, like Sunday afternoon, like, hey, you come home from church, whatever, you take a nap, you watch football, and then you have parties and you're watching football. And I got a couple of my kids, they don't really care about football. Now, they are in our family fantasy football league. A lot of times they just do auto draft and somehow they wind up winning the league sometimes, you know, it's like, how did you win the league? You don't even like football. But I mean, it's so there is a like reality, like I have to realize, like, just because we have different interests or the Lord um, made us differently with with our talents or skills, um, it doesn't mean that, you know, that's a bad thing. So I have to learn as a dad, like, what can I do to be intentional? And I've, you know, thankfully, been able to do that over the years, you know, like my one son, when he was 16, we went, we went to New York and we went to some Broadway plays. And, and to be honest with you, I really enjoyed it. I had a great time. Yeah. I learned, I, I tried to study up on it before we went and look at things so I could learn and really, you know, find out what makes him tick and really what, what he's passionate about. And it's awesome to see him, you know, still pursuing that. We just went to visit him, do, do a special project. That he did at college, and it was awesome um, to to do that. And the same with um, my other son, Josiah. You know, he's into robotics, and man, like I don't know anything about computer programming or building. I'm terrible at that stuff. And this kid's amazing, and it just mm. blows me away. And I think what's really cool is like I could pick them up, you know, after practice or rehearsal or whatever. And I'm not an expert. I'm not sitting there telling them what they ought to do because I got no idea. Which I think sometimes is great for our kids. Yeah. You know I mean, dad's not an expert. I pick up Josh or Jonathan or out there coaching. I'm, I'm telling them what they're doing wrong. And we're getting an argument in the car about things. And it's like, that's not probably good for our relationship. <laughs> it's probably better with the kids that I don't know what they're doing so sure. that I, I'm not an expert on it, you know? Yeah, no, that's huge. And I think, well, and even just showing the intentional interest in it, you know, it's something I'm walking through right now and trying to figure out my older two boys have just very naturally gravitated towards baseball. Um, you know, and, and that's, it's very easy to connect over that because it's the world both of us live in and they love it. Um, and now I'm trying to figure out with my daughter, Joanna, who's three, what does it look like for me to connect in that? Um, you know, even if it's nothing athletically, but what, you know, she hasn't shown any interest in anything athletic so far, but what does it look like for me to connect, you know, at this age at three over, you know, uh, baby dolls and, uh, toy ice cream trucks and sit down and play for hours because I'm showing an interest in what she cares about. Um, yeah, so, exactly. Well, and Josh, so, so as you're looking at it from your career in baseball, um, you know, obviously fatherhood on the field, part of our goal is to see dads and sons connect through the game because it's the world that we live in. How, what, what did your dad's influence look like in your career as a player? 
Well, Luke, one of the most fun things that like, even, even over the summer, I, I went down to the, their place one day and did it with Johnny. But one of the most fun things that I'll never forget my whole life is we would literally get ground balls in the street, like in our neighborhood, in the street, we'd use one of those like coach pitch rubber balls. And he would just hit me ground ball after ground ball after ground ball out in the street. And there was just something about it where we had so much fun. And usually we'd make it a little competitive somehow and I'd move in closer and he'd try to start hitting them harder and get them by me. But it, it seems like the dumbest thing in the world, but like we had plenty of times where we got ground balls at the field or went in long tossed or hitting the cages, but nothing stands out more than just getting ground balls in the street. And the fun thing about it too is like, a lot of times I'd be begging him after a long day of work, he'd come home and I'd be like, can you hit me some ground balls? And now on the other side of that, having a job and being tired and seeing those things, I'm You're like, You're still asking him to hit you ground balls? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> if Johnny wants to, but now I just appreciate it so much more because I know how much he's got on his plate and uh, how tired he probably was after a long day. So, so much fun. Yeah, Luke, I, I think, I think there's one thing too, that I always kind of thought like, I don't, I don't really want to make my kids do things, you know, and, and there's times where you kind of have to motivate and do things like that. But I, I basically said, I'm always going to be available. Like if, my, if I get home or whatever, my kids are like, let's do something. I'm going to do it. I'm not going to be that guy that just gets on the couch and, you know, becomes a couch potato. I'm going to do stuff with my kids. Now there were times where, you know, even later in life, I'm like, come on, let's all go on a bike ride. Let's go play Frisbee golf. Let's go play pickleball. Uh, dad, you know, they're, they're the ones getting tired now. So, but I, I just, I just think that that's part of intentionality as a dad, right? Like, like, don't just like those times are like, I'm looking back now. Right. And this is like th thinking about like the, the past, like th those times they go by like so fast, like all of a sudden, like in, in a few months, Wendy and I are going to be empty nesters. Our last son is a senior in high school. And it's like, oh my goodness, like it was crazy. Everything was going on. I'm so glad that I, that I didn't, you know, miss out on those opportunities. I'm not a perfect dad, but man, I, I just want to do stuff with my kids when, when they want to. Like, I don't want to, you know, sit there and be like, dad, come on, let's go shoot some hoops. Can you please come outside? Let's go jump in the pool. Ah, I'm tired. I just said like, I don't, I'm never going to do that. I'm going to mm -hmm. be, now I have to be careful that you don't put that in, in, in front of the, your relationship with your wife either, because that has to be a real focal point, right? Like, like your relationship with your wife has to be the most important relationship within your family dynamic, right? They, your, your kids, what they want to see is stability between mom and dad too, right? Yep. And, and spiritual stability and just relationship stability that, hey, they're on the same page and love each other. They'll come and, and we might do stuff, but then it's their time to go for a walk or to go out on a date or to watch a movie or whatever without us. That's important, man. So I, I think that that's one thing that I always tried to do, you know, growing up and when my, when my kids were growing up, it's like, I just won't do anything with them if they ask. Yeah, no, that's huge. And, and so it actually leads to a question for me that I didn't write out for you guys. Sorry. Um, but inside of that, so mo a lot of the people that are listening here tend to have kids who are on the younger side, right? Who are, who are more in, in my kids age range and life's chaotic. Right. I mean, we got four kids and they're running around like crazy. And, you know, they're last night, they're up from one to 4 a.m. And then, you know, you're up and you're going and then you just kind of crash in bed at night and you're just kind of surviving this season. What does it look like for how did you guys prioritize marriage and intentionality, you and Wendy, 
in those seasons where it is chaotic, where you're, you know, even as they get older and you run into this sporting event or that sporting event or this robotics club or whatever, how did you guys do that well? Yeah, man, that's a great question. And I'm not saying that we always do it well. You know, there's seasons and there's times for all of us. And you can get you can beat yourself up by, uh, about that. But I think you have to be extremely creative. You know, we never had the opportunity to say every Thursday night we have this date night time. You know what I mean? Like, hey, one week it's Tuesday. The next week it's Thursday. The next week we didn't get it. The next week it's Friday. Because, you know, we also want to you know, be with our kids and we have to drive them places or whatever, or we have, might have a ministry obligation. And some people might go, well, that's not really prioritizing. Well, it's, it's, so, it's, it's still being, it's being creative in managing your time. Now daily, you know, we spend a, a good thing for us was like, when we got together and then things were crazy and everything was doing stuff. Hey, kids might be doing homework. Hey, we're taking a walk and we'd walk around our neighborhood. That way we were uninterrupted from our kids. They were maybe doing homework or doing what they needed to do, or maybe one was out of practice or somewhere. And then we could just spend some time catching up, connecting. I could hear about her day, pray for her while we're walking. I mean, I think you just have to be really creative. It's funny you mentioned like just one small example or one son does robotics. And that's like a track meet, man. If you have kids that are in track or swimming, it's like all day long. Like you go at 630 in the morning till like seven o'clock at night. And they have a, a match at 815, a match at 945, a match at 1030. And it just goes all day long. And we'll go to that. But then it's like, hey, during that day, you know, we'll take time out and wherever that school might be or place that it's at, we'll do a little field trip, her and I, find a little place to eat and hang out and, you know, just be gone for two hours and come back. And it's like we were with them all day and supporting him. But for two hours, we went off and had a dinner, a lunch or something and spent some time together where they see both. Hey, you cared about me. You supported me. But mom is really important to you. And, yep. and you guys spent some time away. It's important. Mm -hmm. So I think you got to be creative in that. Yeah, no, that's huge. So Josh, now that you're starting marriage, right, for all of us, uh, you know, as we get into marriage, we're looking at our parents' marriages and we're saying, all right, what, what do we want and what do we not want, right? Like you're at that season now of saying, what did they do well? What did they not do well? As you are looking at, you know, your new marriage with Haley and looking at, you know, what this is looking like moving forward for you guys, what you want to prioritize, what are some things that you saw as a kid that have impacted the way that you view marriage now? Yeah, that's a great question. And Luke, what I would tell you, even as a follow-up to what my dad was just saying, is that as long as I can remember, they took a walk together every single day. And so usually it was both of them get home. I'm like begging my dad, hey, can we get some ground balls or can we jump in the pool or whatnot? It's like, sure, we can. But first, I'm going to go on a walk with your mom. You guys work on your homework. I'll be back and then we can hang out. And so I think that's one of the things that I took away is just being able to spend that quality time together, being able to update each other on their days and just being able to share life with each other. I was talking to a guy the other day and he was like, if you don't, if you don't constantly communicate with your wife, you can like get to the end of the week and you just have so much catching up to do right. that. It's almost like a chore. And whereas if you stay in constant communication and like actually walk through life together, you're good. You can enjoy each other and when you get to the end of the week, you have that free time or that free day and you can spend time with each other and just have a blast. Um, and that's just one small thing, but I think I mentioned it earlier too, but meal times together, um, intentionally like Haley and I are going through a devotional book. And so at dinner at night, we read through the book, we have conversation and stuff. And so just being in, having that intentionality spiritually and relationally. Yeah. That's awesome. So to swing back around and kind of finish out our time, uh, I'm a, I'm a little league dad right now right? 
Chris, you have walked through the little league dad world, right? Um, and so, and we've seen how screwed up little league baseball can be. Um, you know, I, and I, and I say this over and over again, the purpose of baseball is never for the end of baseball, right? Baseball was never meant for baseball's sake alone, but is always meant to point to something bigger, right? And we've used, and I know you've used the game in the way that you've parented ultimately to teach something that is so much more important than the game. But as dads are coming into little league baseball with six and eight and 10 year old kids, what do you feel like you want dads to know with their kids at that age where they're looking at it? And oftentimes they're saying they want for their kids, what you had for your kids, right? Your kids went on, they played college baseball. They did all these things inside of the game. What, do, what advice do you have for little league dads who are starting this process inside of the game right now? Wow. Man, that's a great question that probably we could take a couple hours on, <laughs> but, but cause you're right, man, it is, it is. And, and it is, kind of out of whack you know because at that age I mean everything should be about development and um, you know learning the game learning how to be a good teammate learning how to overcome adversity right like we talk about this all the time in baseball right like it is it is a game of failure man it's a game of failure right and for like young kids man to go out there and they're learning how to throw and catch and you put a kid on a pitching mound, you know what I mean? And he's eight years old. I mean, we watch, you know, college and major league pro guys that have a hard time throwing strikes and they make millions of dollars to do it. And they're, hey, here's an eight-year-old kid. Come on, you can throw strikes. And everybody's over there on the side. Just throw strikes. That's a great advice, right? I mean, how, how, what, what a great coach, right? Just throw strikes. You know? <laughs> it's my favorite when the ball goes up yeah. in the air and coach says, catch it. Like, yeah. well, what else was I going to do with it? <laughs> you're, you're an awesome coach when you're at that. <laughs> but I mean, but that's reality, right? That's, that's really what people say. You know, that's really how it goes down. It goes down like that at every level. And I think the challenges, and I'm not saying I got this perfect, right? Like I did. Like there's times where you're, you're, you're in the right zone and there's times when you're, let's try to win the championship. And we did get to win a lot of championships and that was nice. But I, I want to look back to the kids that I coached and my kids where they had fun. And, man, there was some fun rivalries that were good. It's okay to have that, right? Like, that's, that's who we are, too. Like, a lot of times as, as men, you know, we want to win, you know, we want to – and there's nothing wrong with that, right? Like, when you take your kids fishing, they all want to catch a fish, right? I mean, when you go hunting, you want to shoot that deer or whatever it is. You want to win. And you, you, but sometimes you don't. So it's like, how do you work that through? And I think that the, the biggest thing that I come away is I'm glad for the struggles and the adversities that my kids had to go through in life, hmm. in baseball, on the field. At the time, it's hard, right? And I want to fix it as a dad. But right now, you look back at where your kids are and you're like, they're, they're strong spiritually. They have a mental toughness. They have a determination because of what they learned on the field back in. And there's times where it's like, hey, man, you went 0 for 4, and that's tough. Or there's the reality, I think, a lot of times for dads, like it's okay if your kid's not the best kid on the team. Yeah. Because, because I, I heard this all the time, and it doesn't really rain through until like you get to this point of life. No college coach, no pro scout, nobody cares about what your stats were when you're 10 years old. 
Nobody asks that. Nobody says, hey, when you were eight years old, did your little league team win? No. I mean, they, they don't ask that. They look for things like, does this kid, you know, carry his own gear from the dugout to the car? Or does his mom have to carry his stuff for him? I mean, you know, they look, they, they, it's just character. So I think like it's okay to let our kids go through adversity and then not be the shortstop or the number one pitcher. It's like, hey, learn how to play second base or outfield or, you know, learn that stuff. Um, I thought this was great, Luke. I think you'll love this. All, both, both of my boys and, and Josiah actually played baseball for a while, but he didn't follow through. But Josh and Jonathan were both catchers. For, for a long time in their careers, which that's a hard position, you know, when you're seven, eight, nine, ten years old, you're learning and you're getting beat up. But I loved it because, like, you learn the game, you learn responsibility, you got all this gear, you've got to do so much. And I just – I thought it was great, man, just to have, have adversity in the game, but yet talk about that, you know, afterwards. And we always went out to eat after, got milkshakes, whatever it was. I, I – because here's the deal. When I, when my other kids had to endure the game, you know, <laughs> I wanted them to have some kind of blessing on the end of it. Right. There's some reason oh. you came and did this. Well, we, we have to go to Josh's game again. It's like, yeah, but afterwards we're going to go to Chick-fil-A. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, well, I always, I always said we picked the worst sport because we picked the sport that's not climate controlled and has no clock on it. We were out there for like four and a half hours. The game goes 12 innings. <laughs> all the other kids are thinking, why are we doing this? And it's a walk past all the kids are just getting walked all night long. <laughs> but adversity is good for them. And I think that's what we have to be careful as parents is not try to fix it. Not try to control the environment too much. Like, hey, it's going to happen, man. It's gonna, you're going to fail. And you're going to have a tough time in school. And you're going to have a tough time if you try out for the school play. You might not get the role you wanted. I mean, whatever that is. And it's like, it's okay. Like, you're going to make it through this, right? And you look back when your kids are older and like, those times were good, man. At the moment, it was tough. But looking back, it's like, this is what the Lord teaches you, right? When you're struggling, when you're hurt, when you don't get the position you want or make the team. Hey, that's, that's hard at times, but that's, that's real life, right? And that's how we learn. No discipline is pleasant at the time, however painful, right? But those who are being trained, but, but, for, you know, it's, 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 it's like, this is what discipline is. This is what hard work is. And I think they need to see that. Right. Yeah. I think that's huge. And Josh, I don't, I, I'm sure you probably look at it the same way I do at this point, you know, you and I had similar baseball backgrounds in playing through college and ultimately not playing after college, but then seeing how much the game has impacted now, both of us in vocational ministry. Um, the things that we've learned, the things that, you know, the trials, like you said, Chris, that we've gone through, ultimately, we're leading to something bigger, right? And we play a game that, that there's so much failure involved in it, that just teaches us how to deal with failure in life, deal with challenges in life, deal with when our kids sick, you know, we, we can, we can grind through that when the kids are up from one to four in the morning, we can drink bang energy drinks and try to survive it, you know, because we've learned to deal with that adversity inside of it. Um, so as we round out, uh, Josh, I did want to kind of like shamelessly plug one word brand. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing with one word brand? Um, you know, the podcast that you're running clothing line, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Thanks Luke. I appreciate that. And, uh, that's a good word at the end there. My, my college coach, he always said it takes what it takes. And it's like, man, at the end of the day, just got to keep going. So good word, both you guys. Thanks for sharing that. But yeah, thanks for letting me talk about one word. If you 
are interested, go to onewordbrand.com. It's just the number one, but uh, our motto is choose it, rep it, live it. And I'm wearing this courage shirt. So, hey, and and Luke's I, I wearing the purpose, purpose on. shirt. Come on. Uh, <laughs> Chris is failing both simple. of us. <laughs> you got nothing. <laughs> we just keep it kinda super look, simple. Kind of look respectable. Uh, we've got pretty much just products with one word on them, but uh, for me, it helped me in a difficult season of my life to just focus on one word, whether it was writing that word on an index card and keeping it in my, my pocket, uh, a screenshot of that word on my home screen, um, but now wearing shirts with them or hats or whatnot. And it's just an easy way to simplify things and focus on that word and uh, how we can better embody it. So thanks, yeah. Luke. No, and, and I love what you guys are doing because that is critical for us, right? And I feel like, especially as, as a dad at this season of life, I look at myself as a father, and I don't know if either of you guys are like this, but I, at times, I struggle with guilt in a lot of different ways and just thinking through what I could be doing better. Um, and at times, I've got this list of like 500 things that I want to do better. And simplifying that is huge. And even for me, you know, with the purpose, you know, shirt and, and thinking through what it means to be purposeful in what I'm doing. At times, I can't fix the 500 things that I have on my list that I want to fix. But here's one thing that I can wake up and I can say today, this is what I'm striving towards in marriage, in family, whatever it looks like in work that I'm purposeful towards what I'm doing or in whatever that happens to be. And I think that's a great encouragement for a lot of people who are thinking through how do I, how do I embody intentionality with something? So anyways, Amen. I... Uh, I really appreciate you guys uh, appreciate the example that both of you guys are for me, um, that you are for my kids. Um, and so thanks for taking the time and uh, jumping on here with me. Hey, Luke, I, I would say this, you know, like in at the end of the day, as dads, you know, when our kids are 20, 25, 30 years old, is it is the most important thing that they love the Lord and that they're faithful husbands leading their families in the way of, you know, uh, biblical truth. That's what we want. Right. Yep. And uh, that, again, looking back, it won't be like, Oh man, we won all those games when we were 10 or 12 years old and we can get that out of whack. I'm not saying you can't play sports and you can't do travel. You just have to have a balance on all of that because at the end of the day, as a dad, you have to look forward and go, what is my end game? You know, with, with my kids, man, what is, what does God's word say? Right, man, this is what I'm supposed to do. And, it's, and you can do that and play competitive baseball and do the little, you can do that, but you just have to do it a little bit different. And man, I'll tell you what, people will notice that. And that will be a great witness for the Lord Jesus Christ too. Well, and that's huge. And I think what, it's one of the reasons for us as young dads, we need guys like you in our lives. We need guys who you've walked this and, and you have a proven track record, right? I could talk about fatherhood till I'm blue in the face. My kids are eight, six, three, and one. <laughs> I have no credibility in this thing. I, we, we haven't seen any trajectory with these children. Um, but as we look to, to men like you who have walked this out and we see the trajectory of the kids, that's ultimately what this whole thing's about, right? That, like yeah. that is the end to everything we're doing. It's the little moments hitting baseballs in the front yard aren't for the little moments hitting baseballs in the front yard. It's for these moments now when we see our kids passionately following Jesus who are you know loving their wives and they're embodying fatherhood in, in the way that we want them to embody it. That's what this whole thing's about. Yeah. And, I'm, and I'll tell you this, man. I'm not a perfect dad. I didn't do it all right. And, uh, you know, for, for all those years, like I had good days and bad days and, and you know, and I, I sinned too. And that's why I know, like I, I tell, I say, like I failed and people go, well, this, I go, no, 
I fail because I know me, right? I know my failures. Right. Um, but by the grace of God, right? Like with a pure heart and, and, and intentional ways for the most part throughout that, God, God does the work. And, and at the end of the day, though, our kids can choose when they're however old, if they want to live for Jesus, if they want to go do the way of the world. And it's like, all I can do is I can impart this into them throughout the time that I have with them. And then it's their choice and, and what the Holy Spirit does, you know, and that then you can't beat yourself up as a parent. You know, it's like, hey, maybe yesterday I struggled. I got angry. I lashed out. And OK, well, today's a new day. man. I got I got a new start today. Right. Amen. Awesome. Well, thanks, guys. I appreciate y'all. And thank you guys for listening to the Fatherhood on the Field podcast. And we'll have another episode up in a couple of weeks. 